so good it should cost. Brought an alligator, I ain't talking the cost. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open, or you can shoot us a text at that same number. At Moneyline97.5 is where you can hit us on Twitter. Catch us on Twitch. Catch all our work on SportsMap. Josh is the man behind the uh, the glass of sports map, let's call it. The guy behind the scenes, the guy that helps make sure that everything runs correctly on the site, the guy that makes sure that I don't sound like an idiot on my uh, my <laughs> articles. That's Josh Jordan. You'll catch both of our work on sports map throughout the year, throughout the season, during football. He does a bunch of uh, season-long fantasy things. I'm always the guy doing fantasy stuff, and if not just our work, but everyone here at the station contributes a piece to it. So go ahead and check us out because we do everything from uh, baseball to, I mean, you even got culture map on the other side. If that's your thing, if you're into lifestyle, fitness, anything that you can desire as far as sports, go ahead and hit us up because we even have local high school stuff. We do. We have everything on sports map. You know, Fred Fowers, our, our main editor, he writes for the site every week. And all the guys that do shows here, we do videos all the time. That's some of the most fun for me is doing videos with, with all our weekday hosts. We have a good time. And I think we put out some pretty good content. So if you want to check that out, we put the best of the best of Sports Map stuff on ESPN 97.5's Facebook page. So give us a follow. Give us a like at ESPN 97.5. And also some XFL because I see DraftKings has an yeah. XFL menu. So XFL is going to be offered in DFS, which opens a ton of doors, a ton of doors for fans that maybe weren't going to play or, or watch the XFL and they're fans of fantasy football, it gives you a chance to to stay close to, you know, fantasy football itself and not have that big layoff. I'll probably be playing myself. I'm not even yeah. going to lie to kick it with you. So uh, let us let us give it some thought. Maybe even start up a, a Moneyline Fantasy League for for XFL. Well, yeah, we can do that. And we, do have, we had a DraftKings contest last week uh, where we're giving away a $100 gift card. So we have a winner. Jerry's going to get you taken care of. Thanks for playing with us. So we'll probably do something with the XFL as well. We'll see if we can get some more gift cards and just have some fun. I mean, we enjoy fantasy football with the NFL. Why couldn't we do it with the XFL? It game makes the game a little more interesting. And all you guys that are waiting to fill your lineups for today, let's jump right back into that. We're talking the first game on the menu. We're talking Titans. Yeah, th- this is one that's... I'm excited to watch this game. I, you know, I'll go ahead and tip my hand a little bit here. And I've been cold, so beware if you're going by my advice. But I think the Chiefs get it done here. I just, I think they're the best team left in the playoffs. I think they, I think they get it rolling. I think they score a lot of points here today. So th- that's just me. And, and the one thing I will throw out is there's this article on ESPN where they kind of talk about the officiating and uh tony carinti is going to be the head official today and uh his crew threw an average of 17.1 flags per game which is the fifth most in the nfl so officiating might impact the game a little bit here so watch for you know maybe some pass interference and some some extra holding penalties it's a great point you make he was one of the most over referees him and his crew and games that they refereed so look for that aspect as well now when we talk about points and for sure that one of the first 
game or, or players that we point at is going to be Travis Kelsey. But this, we talk about matchups. Only three defenses have allowed more fantasy points to tight ends than Tennessee. Blow-up spot. Now, last week we said that it was maybe a 75-80% Kelsey. Right. At some points during the game, you started thinking, are they going to take him out? Because then you saw Bell come in. Yeah. And Bell got a touchdown. Is Bell going to be the Cinderella for this week? Do you see more Bell? Because, check this out. All right, man, let's break this down for real. Because all week long, you'll hear people use the narrative, which is real simple. Derrick Henry's going to run. Less possessions for Kansas City. Yeah, two plus two equals four. Sure. But let's look at inside the numbers. How much does that hurt a team like Tennessee that... One, doesn't need many plays and possessions to put up big points. Scores the second most points in the league, that offense. But has a bottom five as far as scoring drive or or offensive possessions. So they have bottom five as far as offensive possessions, but they're a top two scoring offense. How does that work? Because they're highly efficient. Right. So when you look at yards... Per or 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 yards on scoring drives, they're first. So when they have those scoring drives, they use the least amount of plays. So again, people, you can use that narrative all you want that the that the Titans are gonna take away possessions. The Titans better make this a nine-eight possession game for the opposing offense. And I don't see that happening in a game they have to chase, in a game that they know that they're going to have to throw for, incomplete passes, stop clocks, whatever the case may be. But the case in my eyes is going to be just that, that the Chiefs are going to be able to score. They're going to score at will. Tannehill's going to chase. In the DFS world, Tannehill is a sleeper because you even have Rodgers more expensive than him. And we're going to get into Rodgers splits of why I'm fading Rodgers in the DFS all the way around. But if he's going to be chasing, leading to more opportunity, leading to less runs by Henry, and again, an offense that doesn't need much time. Everyone's, it's so simple to say, yeah, Henry's going to run. He's going to keep that Kansas City team. Yeah, but what happens when you have an offense that doesn't need time? And if you look at Kansas City from an overall perspective, they don't need time with the ball they they're not they can lose time from possession i'll bet right now that they probably lose time of possession today yeah and they almost score too fast i think that's how the patriots were able to beat them in the playoffs that's last exactly year. what happened you know what i mean and because they'll three four chunk plays and they're in the end zone on you and you saw that against the texans over and over and over again so you have to be careful with that you know, Vrabel's a guy that, you know, he played for Belichick. So, you know, maybe he sees how they were able to slow him down a little bit and he steals, you know, a few of those tactics. But I still don't think it's going to be enough. I just, I like the Chiefs here. To me, they're, like I said, I think they're the best team in the playoffs. I think they're going to score a lot of points. And the one thing we were really on last week was Damian Williams. We liked him going over in his total yards. And I liked him in, you know, his rushing total going over. And we got totally screwed. He had a huge game. We pushed him for DraftKings. He scored like three times. But he screwed us on those props because the Texans got up so early that they weren't going to pound the ball. And we were thinking that 
you know, KC would score a lot on the Texans and get up early on them and then give the ball to Damian Williams, but it went the other way. KC got behind so quickly that they had to keep throwing to get back in the game. And then once they saw how well they could throw the ball, they were like, man, screw this. This is just too easy. We'll keep throwing it to Kelsey. Tennessee defense conceded the NFL's third most running back catches. Look for Williams over three receptions. One of my favorite bets. Go to the props right now. Williams, Damian Williams over three receptions. Now, you look at who's Williams in playoff games. Eight all-purpose touchdowns in four playoff games and 13 targets over the last two. So they look for him in playoff games. That's something that you have to keep in mind here. He's averaging 13 in two games or, or, or 13 over two games. I'm sorry. So a little bit over six and he's only expected to hit three? Yeah, that, that, that's a steal. That feels like an over. And what they like to do is they like to get Kelsey and some of their inside receivers to kind of do a rub route on the inside to get those corners kind of falling down inside. And then they leak Damian Williams on a wheel route up down the sidelines. And you have those, you know, Kelsey and the inside receiver, you know, rubbing those corners. And then, you know, Damian Williams gets loose down the sidelines, and no no linebacker is going to run with him. That's a whole lot of rubbing you're talking yeah, about. that's a lot of rubbing going on. But that's what they like to do, and it works. So look for that today. I like that over on the three catches as Somebody well. Somebody that rubbed the, the, the DFS world wrong last week is Tyreek Hill because yeah. he was highly owned, didn't break the big numbers. But if we look at the first matchup between these two teams, he set a season high, 11 catches, 157 yards. Does he do it again? I think he's going to have a big game. One of the reasons he didn't do much last week was because Justin Reed knocked the crap out of him. I didn't think he was going to come back in the game. That was a good hit. Yeah, it was. So, I think he was a little banged up. But I think, you know, after a week to heal up, I think he'll have another big game today. Now, who's going to be the second guy? Because someone's going to get those peripheral stats. Someone's going to get the big bomb. Someone's going to get it. Is it going to be Sammy Watkins and the ghost of? Is it going to be Demarcus (laughs) Robinson? Or is it going to be baby Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman? It could, that's the problem with the Chiefs. They run so many go routes. They send all those guys down the field, and then they, they send Kelsey on a little crossing route underneath when they've pushed all the safeties down the field, and he kills you. And then when he's not open, like I was talking about, check it down to Damian Williams. That's what's what you struggle with the Chiefs is knowing which guy it's going to be this week that's not Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? It's You're kind of flipping a coin. Yeah, you're flipping a coin, but talking about struggle, and someone that struggled on the Chiefs is Robinson with his drops. If you've been watching the Chiefs as of late, four of six targets he's dropped week 17 to 19. Maybe that plays to Hardman's favor. Maybe that's a little trust factor more going towards the side of Miko Hardman. And in a game that I think that someone's going to bust open one. If you got one of those stat, uh, uh, those props where it's longest touchdown of the game over 37 yards, I'm going to be over the on the all over the over because I think that there's going to be a big bomb on this play, and it, it very well could happen from the opposite side. I think that the the, the AJ Brown could catch a big one yeah, as well. Me too. And I mean, they have Byron Pringle on the Chiefs too. I mean, they have so many of these guys that that they run out there in these multiple receiver sets. It's just hard to know which guy's going to catch the bomb. The bomb here, I'm going to drop it now, and I'm going to go ahead and make my pick here for the Chiefs-Titans. Let's make our picks, guys. Chiefs-Titans, minus 7.5. Over-under depends where you get it at. 53, it's moving all over the place now, but it's been creeping up all week. I'm going to go out and say that the Chiefs are going to beat them and beat them bad. The Chiefs 
are going to go out there and they're going to score about 35 points. And it's going to make it to where the game script is going to go against Tannehill. And he's going to fight. He's going to play from behind. And he's going to make your DFS team shine. And he's going to save you some money. But overall, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes stomping his way into the Super Bowl. And he's going to lead the Chiefs there. And when he gets there, he's going to be the favorite, as they are now. I'm with you. I'm, I'm all over the Chiefs on this one. I don't think it's going to be super close. I think they cover. He thinks they cover, but I think that we get you covered for the next 45 minutes. We got one big game to break down, a little bit of funnies, a lot of money, a lot of props, a lot of DFS, a lot of muscles behind the glass. Ladies, I hope you're listening. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. This makes me think of Van Damme, old school. I was talking with a friend about Van Damme, and we are thinking, man, he's the one guy that his dress code was the same for everything. He, he would have those dress pants, he'd he wear them real high, and then my man would throw a muscle shirt tucked in with it. Remember that? Yeah, and he had that A.C. Slater kind of look, right, from Save by the Bell, Mario exact, Lopez. Exactly yeah. what he had. I couldn't... I, <laughs> Ding, I didn't ever even think about that. That exact look, the high dress pants, the big pleats in them. He See Cavaricis, man. Exactly. <laughs> pants coming up almost to his armpits. And then yep. he would have the real small uh, muscle shirt, you know, and, and that's who he was. But if he ever shows up to your uh, function dressed like that, can you tell Van Damme something? No. You <laughs> hand him a drink, you know. But he's just one of those guys you said, man, That's how that, that was his way of dressing for everything. Movie shows, uh, you know, weddings. Yeah. <laughs> Church, <laughs> anything. He always dressed the same way, Van Damme. And Steven Seagal, always like a Tibetan monk or something like that. You know what I mean? He always had that Asian flair going on, Steven Seagal. The he long lived, trench coat jacket. Yeah, yeah. He lived in Japan, I think, for quite some time. So I guess it makes sense. Um, speaking of uh, those kind of guys and, and mixed martial arts or whatnot, any, you, you catch any of the Conor McGregor spectacle? <laughs> All 20 seconds of it or whatever it was? Man, it was over fast, wasn't it? It was over fast. And, you know, there's not very many people in the world of, let's call it the sports world or, or just world in general that can make everyone stop and, and at least acknowledge the fight that he's in. Or at least if you missed a fight, the the curiosity kicks in of I wonder how it went down. And that's one Conor McGregor being able to do that no matter how long it's been in between fights, no matter what it is, the light's always on him. He's he he built it that way. Uh people whether you hate him, people love to hate that guy because the things that he's done outside the ring, his character, but inside the ring we know what he's done and last night, same thing again. A long await, he knocks out Donald Cerrone, stops him very, very early, cashing our under for everyone out there. And uh, we just want to kind of just touch a little bit on that, not to jump too much into that. It's a, it's a championship Sunday, but it's just funny how McGregor can do that. It's like when I was growing up, Tyson, you know, when Mike Tyson would fight, it was a, it was a party. It was get-togethers. Everyone was getting the pay-per-view. Yep. 
Mike Tyson stopped the world. You had to see what Mike Tyson was going to do. Not just because you knew inside the ring he would stop somebody. My mom would be so mad at my dad, too, because he would rent the fights and it'd be, you know, $60. And it'd be over so quick. And she'd be like, I told you every time that you rent that dang fight. And he'd be like, it's Mike Tyson. You know? And then right after that, they would give him the mic and everything that would happen on the microphone it's it, it was it was a spectacle, and that's what you get with McGregor. You see, not only inside the ring, you get it out. out. So it's it's good to see. I guess there'll be another round of the light around him because he won. And I'm just curious what they do with him next. I mean, they're better when he's good, right? I mean, it, it's just more fun to watch MMA when when he's doing well and, and kicking ass. And it was entertaining last night. It was short, like you know, we talked about, but. I just like all the unique angles that he hits people with. He's just a fun fighter to watch. One unique angle last night, they were picking out everybody. And who's in the crowd? Oh, they got the GOAT, Tom Brady. And they got and they were just naming different guys. Then they put a camera on someone, and Baker Mayfield's right there, and they don't even – like, <laughs> nobody said anything about Baker Mayfield. And he, you, he even tries to, like, slide in, and you see, like, the left part of his face. You see one eye. You're like, Baker, get out the camera, bro. Not one person mentioned you. So I guess uh, not all is well in Baker's world as far as celebrity status is right now. No, they're like, oh, that's that guy from the State Farm commercials, whoever that guy is. Because, man – how many Baker Mayfield State Farm commercials do we have to watch? It was Miles Garrett. That's who. So they put the, how are you going to put it on Miles Garrett and not on not on Baker? Baker. Hey, Garrett had a better year. <laughs> and uh just to touch on a little bit about last night as well, Rockets Lakers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know as a as a Rockets fan, Andrew, what a where do you we talked about drawing lines with the Texans or with the Astros? I'm sorry. Where do you draw a line now with the Rockets and this project that I don't know if we could say that it it it, it isn't working to definitely, but at this point, what needs to change from your from your mind and your in your perspective? What needs to change to start seeing better results? I, it, it's very tough because there's not a whole lot that they can do. They're kind of strapped, especially considering Tillman doesn't seem to want to pay luxury tax money. He seems to be cutting corners wherever you can, and you want to build yourself as a championship contender, and that's not something you can really afford to do. And I don't really want to put the blame on Russ or Harden because, look, last night they combined for 69 points. I don't know how much more you're realistically going to ask of them. It's the fact that Everybody who's everybody else simply it hasn't been good enough. PJ Tuck over his last sixteen games is shooting under twenty five percent from three. Oof. Ben McLemore has been pretty cold recently. God knows what happens to Daniel House. I mean, after he's come back from his latest injury, he's basically looked like a completely unplayable player who's getting twenty twenty five minutes a game. So when you're getting that sort of production out of everyone that's not your superstars, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. And, you know, coming into the season, a lot of the talk was the the questions came up in will Russ and Harden be able to play with one another and how will Harden be able to change his game some to to where it's not just that hold the ball and, and it's and it makes the offense stagnant. But that's not even the questions anymore because it's more on the defensive side. And and it starts with the defensive side. And once you get to the playoffs and you have to play a good team over beat them multiple times and they figure out your defense and they know that that's where you lack, you know, 
communication. You see them lackadaisical, getting beat back, not communicating, certain players, and then you see these timeout breaks and you see them go walking to the bench and they're looking at each other and you try to get a read. They, they're just kind of lost defensively and they don't get back and they don't play together as a unit and they'll have their moments. It's not like you say, man, they're that bad because sometimes you'll see them play five, six, seven minutes at a time and they lock it down and everything's good. But when they're not communicating and, and things aren't rolling well on the on the offensive side of the ball and the, the ball isn't going in to where they can get set and it's just a brick and the the, the, the opposing team gets that rebound and goes and there's no communication, it looks real bad. It's a drive and everybody collapses and it's either wide open outside kick. It's just real bad overall. And as much as we wanted to talk about Harden or as much as we wanted to talk about Westbrook or them together, it's that defense. It starts with defense and you're never going to do anything. A matter of getting to the playoffs, that's not the question in here. It was more of seeding and what you're going to do when you get there. And at this point, it's not looking good. Well, no. And back to Andrew's point about P.J. Tucker not shooting very well from three. You need to surround Harden with some guys that can shoot the three. And they're not doing that. And we know Westbrook's not good at that. We knew that would be an issue coming in. So it's just a, a structure thing. If you're a team that you know is analytical and you're all about the three ball how about getting a bunch of guys on the team that are good at shooting the three ball i mean even james has been very inefficient lately just you know overall it's rough man and we've seen this like a lot of this analytics stuff works in the regular season over the course of the year but when the playoffs come around and teams can really scheme for you because they're playing you in a seven game series and they can really prepare for you it doesn't work as well. We see it every year with the Rockets. They fall off in the playoffs because it's it's kind of fluky the way they they play basketball with the, you know the, the three. You know they die for it. They die from it more than they live from it. I don't know. Dan Tony does it seem like he does anything, Andrew, except for say bring the energy. You know, like that's it seems like that's all he does. I'm worried, man. Like they're in a funk right now. You used the term accountability earlier when yeah. we were talking about the Texans. Well. I think the only way things can change is accountability here. People taking accountability and everybody taking a role. You know, whenever it's a long basketball season, just like in it's not football where it's 16, you know, yeah. it's it's a long you're going to have your ups and downs. Even on those LeBron led teams, they had ups and downs. But once you could be accounted for and people take blame and, and then and people take roles. And that's what makes LeBron so great, because even on those teams where he didn't have superstars, let's get away from the LeBron now. Even the LeBron before he went and combined uh, in Miami, yep. he just was always to delegate roles, right? And people held accountable. And if the the Rockets can do that, if if Harden can, not so much that he has to be accountable for anything, but again, at the same time, maybe accountable for things that he's lacking there of, of as far as leadership. Maybe put your foot down, and I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm saying everyone has to play the role, and one role that has to be made for change to be had is somebody has to be a leader. So whether it's going to be Russ, whether it's going to be Harden, whether it's going to be them collectively and saying, you know what, let's do this different. Me and you, we're going to lead this team. Like We're going to do this together. Whatever it is, someone's got to take that role, and, and that's where change is going to start, I believe, because I don't think that 
the change in the role is going to come from the coaching standpoint because we know who a D'Antoni is. That's who just who he is. That's who he's going to be. Lame duck coach. I mean, they fired all his assistants. He's going to have his moments. He's going to have his offense look good at moments. He's going to shoot when the ball's going in. It's going to look fantastic. But whenever that's shooting, he's going to he, he's going to shoot you out of games. His style, yes. and that's just the way it is. So if he can't. We can't hold him accountable uh, any more than, the, than than ownership does. So at this point, you have to move forward with what you got on that court, the the the, the roster you have, and someone's got to be accountable for uh, someone wearing a jersey, though, right? Accountability yeah. and saying, you know what, we've been messing up. And then I heard that the other day they had a players only meeting after the in the locker room after the game, and they said that it was great because a lot of people got stuff to, things off their chest. Maybe that's what's needed. Something was needed, and. At this point, a role of a leader is needed. And if that's you, Harden, we know that you can score. We know that you can do everything, but they need leaders. Someone's going to lead them. The pieces were there, obviously, because this is the team that we believed in in the offseason when they brought in Westbrook. What's changed? Guys not hitting their shots, accountability, leadership, things like that. We're going to lead you to the promised land. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. The kingdom of demons are trembling. Holy angels defending in the Father, we put our faith. ESPN 97.5. How do you want it? How do you feel? You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. On ESPN975.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Championship Sunday in the NFL. And the Moneyline Squad joins you on a Sunday morning as you get that barbecue pit ready right now. You're in your garage doing some getting ready for some yard work, whatever it is. You're with the Moneyline guys. Getting ready to make some money because that's what we're going to do. We're at halftime of the Liverpool game. 1-0. Had a few goals called back. A few celebrations. I did a goal run. Had to put my shirt back on and come back in here before I lose my job. One. And two. Because the bet didn't stick. So we're sweating the goal for the next 45 minutes. We're sweating it here together. We're sweating it on my bookie, of course. Phone lines are open. 713-780-3776. We talked a little bit of everything from the Texans by, at this point, that funeral's been had. The uh, don't want to move around that skeleton too much more, bring back that bad taste, but it had to be talked about. We talked about buzzing off and this (laughs) scandal that is surrounding, one, the Houston Astros and the tarnishing of the championship and drawing the line and saying, you know what, we've been punished. We went in front of the, the judge and the judge said, you, this is what you're getting. And they gave us punishment. Yep. So at this point, let them serve out their punishment. Let them either prove it or not this next season. And we'll see what this team was really made of. Is it a team that curls up and folds and we see three or four years from now? 
We go back to five years from exa- this exact date when we were losing hundred yard, uh, hundred games. Yeah. Or do we go back to a team that it gets written as the Patriots did and an evil empire that, yeah, they got caught up doing something, but they were obviously good. Yeah. And they were obviously good enough to get to the World Series last year again. Although they didn't win it, they got there and they didn't, they didn't need the cheating. And same thing with the Patriots. But what did the Patriots do? They sealed it and they created a dynasty. And whenever you got a dynasty, you can't call them one-hit wonders. And if you're able to do that and make that happen, then it's magic. So it's in your hands. It's in your bats, Houston. Let's see what you do with it now because winning cures all and winning silences haters. And if you can do that, you'll cure this disease that's surrounding the organization and you'll silence each and every one of those haters. No doubt. And, I mean, look, I'd take it with if they do like the Patriots did after their cheating scandal. They went undefeated, and then they, they lost to Eli in the Super Bowl. But if the Astros are back in another World Series next year, I'll take that. That's fine. You know, and look, there's no reason to think they can't be back again. So I'm looking forward to just talking baseball, getting the season started. I'm curious to see who they're going to hire as their manager you know, what they do. At it's going to be so weird. Yeah, it's going to be weird. You know, I'm going to miss A.J. Hinch, but, boy, you know, I, I'm still bitter about Game 7 and pulling Grinky out for Will Harris, who even said he had a dead arm, and you put him in the game. <laughs> that was the beginning to the that end. That was it, man. And all the national players, like Howie Kendricks, all the guys were like, man, we couldn't believe he was taking Grinky out. We got so pumped in the dugout. You know you're making a bad move when the other team's like, oh, yeah, you're taking him out of the game. Like, don't don't overmanage. We always use the phrase on here, getting too cute. Yeah, getting too cute. And if you are going to pull Grinky, uh, yeah, how about you put Garrett Cole in, not Will Harris? If you're going to, you know, if you're going to pull your your starting pitcher who's doing well, why not replace him with the best pitcher on the planet, not Will Harris? And I know Will Harris had been good throughout the playoffs, but he got overused and they saw him too many times. So, you know, it didn't work out. They lost that game. I'm over it. Just ready to get back to baseball. And ready for these games today. I want to talk about this Green Bay 49ers game. And I wanted to ask you, how much are you putting stock into the, you know, the blowout game earlier this year? When they when they played each other in November, you know, 49ers blew them out 37 to 8. And it wasn't even that close. I mean, it was... It was 23 to nothing at halftime. I was in Vegas for that game, and I had Green Bay. Green Bay coming off a bye week. Yeah. Perfect spot for them. Sure. So going to the board today and punching a ticket on Green Bay is going to be tough. It is. But using that frame of thought, that's what you want to be in in this gambling. You don't want to go to the board and, and look at a recency bias and say, well, how can they possibly do it? Even in a spot where they were coming off a bye weekend, all the dominoes and puzzle lined up for them to go out there and play well, and they got beat up. It doesn't push you towards a Green Bay bet. So that's what I think that is going to be the sharp angle. It, I would mm-hmm. think that Green Bay, I think it's a lot of points, but I just can't see Green Bay pulling this off, even with Rodgers' magic. Man, what worries me, Rodgers got sacked five times in that game. That was That was a big problem. I remember... You know, watching that game closely, and he just didn't have any time. And they got behind so early that, you know, they had to pretty much just commit to throwing the football because, you know, they were behind and chasing points. So that worries me because we know that I think the 49ers might have the best, you know, front four 
especially in nickel out of the whole league as far as like defensive pass rushers. They got some dudes that, you know, Ford and, you know, Bosa, they got some guys that can Front come after Front seven, you. though, they yeah. can even get you, though. Right. So if they're in a lot of nickel, I think they're probably the best nickel defense as far as pass rush in the league. So that worries me a little bit about Rodgers having time to, to get rid of the ball. Now, how do they bring the pressure? Because they don't even have to blitz. They don't have to bring extra no. guys. They could beat you with just the front four guys. They get there. They bring the ends, get to the pressure. They make the quarterback have to move spots. They move the pocket. If you could get the pocket moved and make Rodgers have to throw on the run and make decisions, that's where this game. That's where this game's going to be decided in those trenches. Because yeah, if Rodgers has time, yeah, everything's going to look nice and pretty, and and Devonte Adams is going to have his game. But that might not be the case. And in the first game. Rodgers had 104 pass yards, 104. That's the least he's ever had in his whole career uh, with plus 27, I think, pass attempts. Yep. So how do the Packers stay in this game? The defense is going to have to do so much to hold the 49ers. How much trust do you have in Garoppolo, though? Because this is a big spot for him as well, and he's not some – Guy that you could just put in ink and say, yeah, this is what his numbers are going to probably be. We don't know. We don't. We know that Shanahan leaned a lot on the run last week. We know that yeah. somewhere in that backfield, one of those guys is going to have a big game. Which one do you think is going to be out of the running backs? Because as far as DFS, you got to have one of those running backs on your roster this week. Last week, it was Coleman. It was, and the, but that's what worries me is I feel like it might be going back to Mostert this week because, you know, I think I don't think he was 100% healthy. And he, so he they, was getting over a flu or something. Right, so they were, they were you know, going with the hot hand, and that was Coleman who was playing well. So, yeah, I, it, it's tough to know with them because that is the secret to Shanahan's offense is all that play action and boot and running the football. And we even saw that when he was the offensive coordinator for the Texans and you know, when he was with the Falcons, when, you know, they went to the Super Bowl, how, you know, how good he was with that system. So I think they're going to get it done today, but it's it's the 49ers defense that has me concerned, man, because, you know, it's Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, and then D Ford. The last time they played, dude, Armstead had two sacks, Buckner had a half sack, and Bosa had a sack. I mean, those are their, that's their dudes, and they came through big in that game. I don't think the, the Packers are, all of a sudden going to be able to pass protect better. So that, that really concerns me. But you talk about the quarterbacks. I do think Rodgers kind of has that look to him to where it's the playoffs, and I feel like we're going to get a better effort out of Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to look better today. So that has me leaning towards I want to take the points with the Packers. Now, who has Rodgers been as far as home and road splits? Home? 8.09 yards per attempt on the road, 6.1 dropped significantly. But the 49ers sack rate, 4% to 11% when they've had D Ford healthy. Yep. That's where the game's going to be won or lost in the Packers situation. I think that Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball in moments that he doesn't want to. I don't think that he's going to have time for Devontae Adams to exactly beat his defender. I don't think that the play's going to be able to to develop enough for uh, Rodgers. And I do think that San Francisco is going to be able to move the ball. Oh, I definitely do. And it, it does worry. I mean, you're talking about Devontae Adams. Yeah, he had seven catches in the last game, but for 43 yards. They you were know, small, yeah, yeah. yeah. And usually you see him Get down going the up those. Pu- yeah. So let's talk about not just 
Devontae Adams, who's going to be the number coveted two wide receiver because we've seen uh, uh, musical chairs, I say let's call it seven, eight weeks. Who's going to be the number two guy if Case Adams doesn't have that huge game? God, I think it's Lazard. You know what I mean? As much as it, I don't see anybody else that really, you know, gets me. I, look, it's got to be about Aaron Jones in particular. Maybe you've got to throw Aaron Jones the football. Yeah, he's really good at that. So I think he's got to get going. But it's a tough front for Aaron Jones to get going. But, yeah, I try and, you know, Lazard, if I want a dart throw for a really cheap guy for Daily Fantasy today because he could make a big play down the field. Rodgers likes throwing to him. But I think they got to get Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. 22, 22, 13, and 25 are the touch counts for one Aaron Jones in the last four. Now you look at the opposing defense, 3.61 yards is all the Niners allow. Yep. They're going to have to get him going through the air. They're going to have to get him out in open space. They're not just going to be able to run it right up the middle. That's just not the way you're going to beat him, especially nope. with Aaron Jones. Get him on the outside. Let Jones make plays. Jones average splits, though, a home and away for touchdowns. He averages a touchdown, 1.05 touchdowns at home, less than half a touchdown on the road. So it's going to be something that it's a, the Packers are up against it. Yeah. We know that. But what of this, this 49ers team, what has this 49ers team proved? Uh, what is proven other than Shanahan moving a few or having, I guess, some, some uh, history on his side? LaFleur used to be from the Shanahan tree, right? He he played he was on one of Shanahan's coaching staffs. One that Shanahan took to the playoffs and made a run. Can the disciple beat the master? For me, it's about legacy for Aaron Rodgers here. Like we've kind of taken him out of that Tom Brady, Peyton Manning cuz I mean, when's the last time he went to a Super Bowl and won it? It's been a long time, Jerry. So for his legacy to get back in the Super Bowl again this year, I think that's huge for him. And, yeah, I mean, as far as the coaching, I'm always going to give the edge to Shanahan. Like, he's an elite head coach. He really is. This is a legacy game for you Packers fans. We'll be back. We'll talk about a few bets. We'll put our name on things. And you Packers fans, again, this is a legacy game. So you Rodgers fans getting that jersey out of the closet right now, Joe Blank. He's sweating right now. It's a legacy game. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. You're with Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, the last segment of the show before we leave you in the hands of, they're going to say destiny for these teams. A destiny of one game to get to the Super Bowl, one more, one more spread to cover Seven and a half routes out of a touchdown as what we got of both games. One over under a 53 in the Chiefs matchup. Slightly lower in the Green Bay-San Francisco 49ers game. Welcome back to Moneyline. We've got some more bets, and there's only one place to make those bets at. You're going to do it at my bookie, Jerry. It's 
you want to make the games a little more interesting today? Maybe you're a big Texans fan and you're like, yeah, it's NFL playoffs, but you know, it's not the Texans. Well, you know what? It's pretty interesting if you win a hundred bucks on the game. That makes the game a little more interesting. So you want to go over to my bookie, and if right now, if you put in a hundred dollar deposit, they'll match half of it. That's fifty free bucks to gamble with right there. You put in five hundred, they'll match it with two fifty. And what's great about my bookie is the in-game betting. That's the thing where you want to follow the bookie busters. You want to follow at Jerry Bow knows with the Z. And throughout the game, Jerry will be giving you updates for live bets. At halftime, he kind of reassesses everything and he'll fire out some tweets. So if you want to get a feel for the game and see how it's being played and then wait and place your bet there, that's a great way to do it. And you can do it on your phone, my bookie. You don't have to bring your laptop to the bar or anything like that. You just get on your phone, you pull up my bookie, you get your bet in there. They'll match your deposit. And the way to get them to match your deposit is you want to put in the promo code radio and then that's going to activate the offer the offer for you so go out hang out have some drinks a lot of you guys probably have tomorrow off mlk day so what a great day to go it's a beautiful weather go sit on a patio watch these games have a little action on them and play on my bookie guys you bet you win you get paid my bookie i'm about to have a heart attack with liverpool missing so many goals if you're out there listening and you're watching the game and you bet it on my bookie as 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 we advised well, right now, Liverpool keeps getting chance after chance, and we just can't put it in the net. So hopefully you're out there listening. Hopefully you sweated it. We've got 10 minutes left in this show. And then after that, hey, NFL's uh, on the menu. NFL, get those, get those barbecue pits going. A little bit of shout-out to everyone listening out there. We appreciate you on a Sunday, a championship Sunday. Although the Texans aren't involved, there's still football in the air. There's still games to be played. And there's one Patrick Mahomes, the special one, and he's about to take the field. And he's going to take the field against the monster and Derrick Henry, the one that they say can't be stopped. And the one that has, he runs with the hopes of Nashville and everyone in Tennessee. He runs with them on his shoulders. And today, either he'll be stopped or Mahomes, the golden child, he'll continue to shine. And we're about to find out in about two hours what's going to happen. Are there any plays before we get out of here, that you want to give to the people? Do you want to ride some first quarter stuff? Do you have any, 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 because uh, we talked about Damian Williams I over like three that catches. One. Yeah, so. that's Jerry's play. I like that one a lot. Uh, one I'm looking at right here, we both kind of think A.J. Brown's going to have to do something today, right, for the Titans to have a chance. He's at 60 and a half yards for his over-under. For I think he can get over 60. I mean, I I think the line's about right, but I feel like the Titans are going to be chasing points, and if they're doing that, he's got to be the guy they're looking to get the ball to. Yeah, they'll be chasing points, I believe. Whenever you try to make a bet or even construct a lineup, you try to paint the picture of the script of the game. How is it going to go? Just like when these games we talk about scripted plays for a team's playbook, first 15 plays, 20 plays, we want it to be like this. If the game was 0-0 or tied the the entire game, then these are our best 15 plays. But once it goes outside of that, what happens? And that's when live betting comes into play because, for example, me, if I see a, an underdog take a lead, an underdog of 10 points, for example, take a big lead, then you start looking at aspects of how many points are they going to give the Chiefs to come back on the, Titan, on the Texans. Are they going to give me 14 and a half points last week in the first half? Then I look at the game. They're giving me three and a half. At one point, Chiefs were plus 360. Yeah. Look at those angles. Look at the game. How much time do you have left in the game? Are there any uh, – because then you say, well, why didn't you do that against the, in the Ravens-Titans matchup? I did. And you know what bit me? 
Injuries. When Andrews wouldn't come back. And, That's what and happened it, to me. And Ingram. And then you start thinking, yep. man, if I would have just waited, if I would have just waited a few more series and I would have saw that Andrews isn't coming back and I would have saw Ingram is out there holding his helmet in his hand on the sideline, then you make adjustments. Again, adjustments you can only make over at my bookie. Go ahead and check them out. Go ahead and check us out on Sports Map because that's what I do. I have a, I have all the ingredients that I throw in a soup. And I have that soup, and that's where I try to give it out as my picks to everyone. So here, I lay out supper or lunch, and I say, here, taste this soup. But then all of a sudden, someone else shows up, and I didn't prepare for them to show up. So I sometimes have to change the ingredients of that soup to to accommodate that one person. And that's however the game script, whether that, that, that next person be an injury, whether that person be a 24-point lead, whatever that case is, you have to make adjustments in that soup, or it's going to go bland and then it's going to lose so same thing in sports don't just make your pick and say man i live and die with it that's that's just the way it is no no like man the chiefs came out to a 17-0 lead on the titans are they going to keep throwing it i doubt it now it's time to minimize possessions for the Titans. how are the titans going to play now now what if the titans come up and go up seven to three and they're taking that into halftime you better be sure that they're thinking we are going to shorten this game every time we get a chance we're shortening the game. But what if the Titans go down 17-3? They're looking for more possessions, so you better be sure that they're hiking the ball. They're going to the Tannehill that was playing all uh, you know in the beginning of the or or towards the latter end of the regular season, not the one that we're seeing in the playoffs now because the game script has played to the Tennessee Titans. Right. Know where the game goes, know where the team wants to go, know where the team feels comfortable. Know that the Titans were comfortable against the Ravens with a three-score lead that they didn't need to keep scoring anymore. No Everyone talks about well Look at Tannehill's numbers. He didn't need to keep scoring. The defense, Vrabel noticed, my defense is making stops. I don't need to keep risking. What if Tannehill throws a pick six? All of a sudden, now they're back in the game. Momentum swung. Let me not risk that. Let's just sit here and play field position. They can't stop Henry. Click, tick, 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 tick. Yeah, take advantage of those swings and momentum. You know, when the Ravens went for it on fourth down and didn't get it, and then the next play, Derrick Henry busted off that long run that took him down and you know to the red zone with the Texans game. I knew as soon as that fake punt didn't work, I was like, the Chiefs are about to just put it on them right here. That's a perfect time to live bet, and maybe you even get some points like you were talking about with the Chiefs. You know, get some positive points because they're down in the game, and you can feel that comeback. So that's that's when you can take advantage of live betting because you can feel those swings of momentum. And if you can jump in there and get that bet in before they change the line, you can win some big money. My TV started sparking after that uh, miss or yeah. that, that fake punt. I yeah. just started throwing sparks in the back. Ooh, there yep. you hear. There it is. You know what that sound is. It's time to put your name on something, something that we feel, hey, we're putting our names on this, on this championship Sunday, and you should put your money on it. Josh. All right, with me, it's the one I just brought up. You know, I'm a fantasy guy at heart, so I think A.J. Brown's a really nice play for daily fantasy today, and he's only got to get you 61 yards to come through on the over. So I say fire on the over on receiving yards for A.J. Brown. Ain't going out on a limb here, but we're going to have an all-red Super Bowl. It's going to be the Chiefs and the 49ers playing in a couple of weeks down in Miami. I like it. Well, you know what happens when we agree on something? Mm -hmm. The squares play on the board this week would be two T's. The, t- the Niners down, so you get Niners basically have to win and tease, uh, tease the Chiefs. That's what I'm doing. A big, big teaser. If you're sitting out there right now and you're wondering, man, that seven and a half is too much. Don't make it so hard on yourself. Take the 49ers all the way down to basically one. 
49ers to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs down to one or minus .5, however you want to do it. Chiefs to the Super Bowl. You heard it here. An all-red Super Bowl. An all-red bookie accounts. what's going to happen. You're going to smash it to pieces, and you're going to be special. Just like we were special for the last two hours. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We're only as big as you let us be. Thank you for giving us a chance. Signing off for the squad, Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, Jerry Bonos. Peace! You can now listen to all your favorite shows on the Amazon Echo. Oh, sweet, dude. Just say, Alexa, open ESPN 97.5. Now playing ESPN 97.5.